People don't understand how financial products work. One simple example is the Part D late enrollment penalty for Medicare beneficiaries. It's just a simple example about the fact that people don't quite understand how insurance actually works. You can find out much more coming up next. Welcome back to the Much More Than Medicare broadcast. My name is J.O. I'm the author of Maximize Your Medicare, published in 2020. You can get it on Amazon.com. Anywhere you can find the book, www.maximizeyourmedicare.com is a website where not only you can get the book, but there are lots of other Medicare resources. Before we get started, I thought I would mention the fact that the book is free for first-time subscribers to GH2 Unfiltered. GH2 Unfiltered is a subscription site because I can't release all the information, the inside details, for those persons who require extra levels of information and insight. First-time subscribers to GH2 Unfiltered will receive a copy of Maximize Your Medicare for free. I'll pay for postage anywhere in the lower 48. Be sure to stay to the end of today's video because actually I'm going to be giving some bullet points takeaways from the interview that I conducted with Bob Powell on thestreet.com. Let's take a look. Are you familiar with the penalties associated with Medicare Part D? Well, here to talk with me about that is Jay O, author of Maximize Your Medicare. Jay, welcome. Thank you for having me, Bob. Pleasure to have you, Jay. Um, and I'm eager to have you walk us through. Um, well, we received a reader question about the penalties uh, associated with Part D. Uh, if you could share with us what folks need to know. Sure. And we get this feedback frequently, which is that people feel like it's unfair if they didn't take prescriptions in the past, that there's a requirement to be enrolled in Part D, which is the standalone prescription plan or prescription drug benefits inside a Medicare Advantage plan. The reality is that people should understand how insurance actually works overall, which is that the, the persons that are paying for insurance and don't file claims are essentially funding those persons who do file claims and require health insurance coverage, prescription drug benefit coverage. The reality is, is that if we didn't do that, and if somebody just simply calls me the very moment that they require benefits, the resulting price would be astronomically higher. And for that, that money would actually ultimately come from the federal government. Because in a Part D plan, there are substantial federal subsidies from the federal budget. So as a result, all insurance works this way. And in the same way, Part D works in the similar fashion. So persons need to have credible coverage, which is a technical term as defined by the CMS. And if they do not, they are charged 1% per month for every month that they did not have coverage. To make it even trickier, the issue is that if someone called today, it's the middle of summer, 
you would not be able to simply call and then turn on your Part D effective the next month. You would have to wait all the way until January, leaving you uncovered between now and the end of the year. Mm. <laughs> That's a bit of a surprise and wake-up call for folks, I suppose, who might be on expensive medication. For persons who are already on expensive medications, for example, prior to becoming Medicare eligible, they know, they already know in advance that this is a very important component of Medicare coverage, that the cost of medications can be very high, even with some effort to try to curtail prescription drug costs. And so for those persons, they generally don't need that information. It can come, however, as a un very unwelcome surprise to those persons who have not needed medication, and let's say they turn they're 69 years old, and then all of a sudden get prescribed an expensive medication. Yeah. For them, a difficult set of situations, circumstances would result. Yeah. Well, I think the bottom line that you started with, Jay, is the notion of insurance and how it's um, and how it works, and whether it's auto insurance or homeowners insurance or uh, or life insurance. Uh, everything works this way that you don't owe. You may be paying a premium for things that you don't necessarily receive, but may someday receive. Absolutely, and to and on the good end of that is that the result of that is that the price that you're paying for the premium on an ongoing basis is, as a result of that, lower than it otherwise would otherwise be. Because like I said, everyone would use the free option to simply call me the day after that they need the actual benefits. The resulting price that I would be reporting to them, if that were the structure of insurance, would be so much higher that it would be unaffordable. Yeah. Well, Jay, I want to thank you, as always, for sharing your knowledge and wisdom about uh, topics like these. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, I'm sure it helps that reader and a good many other people as well. My privilege, Bob. Thank you. So it's always a little uncomfortable, of course, had conducting interviews remotely and for the media. And largely, not because of, you know, 
Bob Powell gets no better than him when it comes to financial journalism regarding retirement matters. Don't get me wrong, he's absolutely the top of the heap. Appreciate his support over these years. Now, that, that all said, right, we, we've got a defined set of time, and I'm sitting out there trying to say it succinctly, yet also so people couldn't understand, etc., etc. So we've got a number of different objectives. However, here after you've seen the interview, your couple of takeaways which were not part of the interview are, number one, you have the right for a 63-day break. 63 days, which most people round down to two months. Unfortunately, people use that too loosely, etc., etc. But let's just call it 63 days. You can deal or you can have a break in prescription drug benefits when you're Medicare eligible for 63 days. That said, practically, practically, it's a bad idea. Why? Number one, if you don't do it right when you become originally eligible for Medicare and don't have credible coverage. Okay, so that's a technical term. That's what makes this quite complicated. Credible coverage is a standard, right? It's a, it's a standard that the federal government uses to compare your prescription benefits to the standard. So let's just say you had some insurance from a group plan and they kind of put together some, you know, a la carte drug coverage. It is possible that that does not count as credible coverage, even though you think that you do have prescription drug benefits. Okay, so, oh, and thankfully, just as another aside, VA counts as credible coverage. Okay, let's return. So if you do not have 63 days of credible coverage as defined by the CMS, you can be assessed a late enrollment penalty, which is 1% per month that you don't have coverage. Okay, so after the 63 days, ding, they start measuring. And the Social Security Administration and the CMS, they keep track. Now, the reality is, it very rarely turns out that you're just without coverage for two months and then you flip back on. Why? Because unless that period is literally at the end of, what, October? You don't get to just turn on your prescription drug plan any old month once you have a break. Once you have this 63-day break and you continue on without Part D or prescription drug benefits deemed as credible coverage, you would have to wait all the way until the next January. And the only way to elect a Part D plan or a Medicare Advantage plan that included prescription drug benefits would be through the annual election period. Note, there are certain other side doors. For example, if you went back to work and then they, they had it and then you stopped working. Also, if you have extra help. There are lots of reasons that this thing is 200 pages with tons of 100 footnotes or something like that. In other words, there are lots of exceptions and lots of nuances here. Okay. That's what I would say about Part D, meaning that ultimately your takeaway is don't mess around with these rules. <laughs> if you're stopped working, if you retire and you're, and you're retired and you turn 65, 
the moment that you're able to enroll in a prescription drug plan, and if you don't have credible coverage from another source like the VA, I would highly recommend it. This is just common sense. Because otherwise, you'd have to keep waiting until the following January. The late enrollment penalty calculator will continue to tick along until the following January. Probably more importantly, people have a fundamental misunderstanding about the way insurance actually works. And I try to mention that when speaking with Bob in the interview. But let's step back here and I'll give you two general ideas here. Number one is insurance is not an investment in the normal sense of the word. Insurance is a specific thing called an option, which is still an investment of sorts. But this particular contract that you're purchasing is for the future probability of you filing claims, right? So in other words, if you got sick and you're hospitalized and you had health insurance, the bill would be, you know, $10,000, for example. And then if your deductible was $2,500, you would have to pay. And then insurance would start paying for some of the health care services and the costs that you incur. It is not... It is not a look back investment investment, right? Too frequently people say, I paid all this money into my insurance. I didn't get anything from it. That's not what insurance is. Insurance is about unknown events for the future, future. Okay. So the idea that you're paying your health insurance premium, let's call it $300 a month that you didn't get anything from it. No, you're paying into a pool. That pool is being held in reserve just in case you incur this $10,000 hospital bill. Now, it's not done on an individual level either, right? In other words, you have other policyholders also paying into a pool because otherwise, if they just held it in reserve for you and you were job of the hut, your premium would not be $300. It would be, you know, $3,000. You see what I'm saying? In other words, this is about a shared risk. And in that, people fundamentally understand. And that is why we get asked this idea about why are there late enrollment penalties? The reason there are late enrollment penalties is because you're not paying into the pool. And then later, if you require benefits, the cost would be so high of the stuff that you received in that instance, your premium would not cover it, wouldn't. So as a result, it comes from the pool. And this is why there are late enrollment penalties. And now you can understand that what, un what ends up happening is people don't understand why insurance works to, to begin right from the jump. And this happens starting at a very young age. That's why I call this the much more than Medicare broadcast, which is that what ends up happening is that since people had the first step wrong, the understanding was flawed, then later the conclusion becomes wrong. And then you ask me this question that Bob has to, has to haul me in here for an interview. Insurance is not 
the type of investment where you're buying shares of Apple stock. That is the wrong conceptual framework. The second part goes to the way the risk pool works. For example, in life insurance, you pay, let's call it $50 a month, and you have term insurance, the date ends, meaning you've reached the termination date. You don't get anything back. And that's what people say. Well, I paid all into this term health and life insurance, and I didn't get any of my money back. No, because you were paying for the probability that you passed away earlier than the termination date. It is not as if you've bought a share of Apple stock. Not at all. Okay, and now you can understand how the laden penalty works and why it's assessed. Because the shared pool that you're paying into has to do with the federal government. That, for example, under Part D, your prescription plan, the average cost is in the low $30 per month. However, if you got if you got prescribed a very expensive medication, there is no way that the $30 a month, $360 a year, would possibly pay for the benefits that you would receive. In fact, it would be multiple times that benefit, that premium that you've paid. Okay? So as a result, what ends up happening is that is money that sits at the federal government, that, in other words, the pool. Because that $30 also is a subsidized number. It's a heavily subsidized number from the federal budget. You don't pay into the Part D. You More money comes out of the federal budget. Money the federal government doesn't really have unless it keeps printing it at this incredible pace. Thank you for watching the Much More Than Medicare broadcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to this channel if you've liked this video. And be sure to hit the notification bell so you can be informed when new videos appear on the channel. Thanks. Mm -hmm.